0: Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married and we like to do a lot of different things together.
1: But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink.
0: And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be.
1: In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did did this come come from?
0: from? Live-ish.
1: Live-ish. And we're recording. Um, all right. So guys, welcome back to Where Did This Come From? We have yes. a very special episode today. Uh, but first, let's talk about fall for a second. It is cold out today. It's chilly. We have our sweatshirts on. We have our sweatpants on. Yeah,
0: I'm wearing my finest podcasting suit.
1: <laughs> Which is Sweat tops
0: and sweat bottoms.
1: <laughs> we're just living luxuriously over here. Um, but today is a really special, special episode because we have our very first guest.
0: Yay!
1: Big thunderous applause for Corey Clark. Hello! Hello, Corey. I'm so honored to be here. Well,
0: we're so thrilled to have you here.
1: We really are. We've been looking forward to this for, I don't know, I think we talked about doing this maybe six weeks ago or something or a month ago? I think
0: after the first episode, to be honest with you.
1: Yes. Yeah, Corey... um, well, actually, Trev, you you met Corey first. You want to? Yes, uh-huh.
2: this is this is <laughs> the golden days of lineage. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. Special shout out to lineage. Um, but yes, I it was a restaurant that was fantastic in Brookline Village or not Brookline Village. Good Lord, in Brookline. I ran us a Coolidge Corner that I worked at years ago, but Corey and her husband, Josh, were regulars there before I even started there. So that's how we got connected with Corey, through our friends, Dr. and Kaylin, actually, who we mentioned in last week's episode, who just got married. So wonderful shout out to them again.
1: Um, Life is beautiful. Well, yes,
0: that's how Corey (laughs) came to be in our lives. Uh, And Corey is a very skilled professional baker, actually. Yes.
1: Thank you.
2: You're very kind.
1: um, So we will just give a quick intro to Corey because... Obviously, with the chillier weather, it's time to get baking again. Yes. We basically didn't turn our oven on for all of summer because our house gets so hot. Um, but now that it's cool again, we're going to be baking. And Corey is going to talk about sourdough today.
2: woo so. Yay! Fascinating topic. I'm glad you guys chose this one. I am.
0: Well, it's very topical right now, too, because everyone's... Well, at this point, it's probably on the downswing. But in the last six months, it seems like everyone and their moms was trying to make sourdough... Um, just because they had the time to actually make the starter and, and do all the go through all the motions.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. In fact, can I just give a brief, t- uh, just pep talk to whoever is listening out there? <laughs> yes, please. Sourdough. <laughs> uh, I'll just say that, as you said, I am a professional baker, and it is not the easiest bread to try, especially if you're like out of the gate just doing this. It's it's a toughie, and. Um, You know, people are just like, oh, it's been done for millennia. And yes, that's true. (laughs) But as we all have seen amazing looking loaves come out of uh, our friends and neighbors, uh, ovens, you know, over the course of this COVID, I'm sure a lot of people started on a sourdough journey and nurtured their starters and nurtured their loaves. And, uh, you know, maybe when they got to the end of the process, it didn't
1: quite look like what those (laughs) Instagram pictures were Why is this not beautiful?
2: (laughs) And maybe they even said to themselves, I'm never doing this again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you're saying there's hope, people should try again?
2: Yes. I'm saying that, you know, the reason it took millennia to get such great star, uh you know sourdough is because like we had to really take a lot of cracks at it and that's okay. Mm. You know? <laughs> and it's also okay to go down to a bakery and buy a great loaf and say, Hey, I really respect what all the artistry
1: that went into this. Yes. Well that's that, what we do. That that is yeah. basically what we do. We know do. our
0: lane, uh and yes. we we stay safely yeah. in that lane for most of the time. Yes.
1: Although so Corey did share her sourdough recipe. Yes. Um and it's beautifully written and there's photos accompanying it so i actually i do really want to attempt it so we'll we'll see i'm excited (laughs) yeah
0: we'll report back on that
1: yeah and maybe (laughs) even by the time this episode airs i will have made that attempt and i will i will post photos regardless of the outcome I promise. I love that. I love that. <laughs>
2: I will share my greatest failures with your, you as well.
1: Okay, fabulous. Awesome. Uh, but before we get into your failures, yes. uh, can I just give a quick rundown um, of sort of your your CV? Um, oh, so Corey grew up in Indiana and New Hampshire, which is where Trevor and I Six are oh also three. from. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, she the Lake
0: Region's <laughs> finest.
2: Live for or die. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, some people do make that choice. (laughs) Um, Just kidding. I'm sure we love you. (laughs) Uh, But Corey actually studied mechanical engineering in college and she has her bachelor's and master's from Boston University, which actually I didn't know because I I am also a BU terrier. Yes.
2: yes, Go Terriers.
1: Yes, and she worked as a technical writer at a software company for six years. Then started her own dessert company, Shoot Flying Hill Sauce Company.
0: Goodness gracious, I'm I'm I learning things about I, you I've I never know. known.
1: I really. So How many
2: meals the- have
0: we shared together? And I've never <laughs> you, we've never talked on these things.
2: I know. I, I tend to I tend to like listening.
0: <laughs> well, I tend to like talking, so I guess that's
2: a fair combo. <laughs> And that is how our friendship is there it is. <laughs> exactly.
1: You'd have the balance of, of each. But it doesn't stop there. So, Corey then learned, learned, learned. <laughs> learned. I'm so learned. You are yeah. so learned <laughs> in many topics, but laminated doughs. So, that's like croissants. Um, yes. And she worked at Tate. Yes. Then at Union Square Donuts oh, for five years, yeah. working on their brioche dough. Uh, yeah. She was their executive pastry chef there, um, and currently she is at Vinyl Bakery in Union Square in Somerville. Um, they are known for their English muffins and American-style pastries. Uh, Unbelievable. So Corey is our she. She like knows her stuff. Yeah.
0: So there was no one else we could have brought in <laughs> to talk about baked goods.
1: So Corey is amazing. We have had many of her baked goods, and they are all amazing and fabulous. And these Thank failures you. that she speaks of, I. You know, I kind of ha- find it hard to believe that failures Aww. come out of your kitchen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I just think that uh, it, it's probably a lot of things. You know, people are are, are just told like, oh, you know, you're an instant success, or you know, the aspirational uh, magazines and websites and blogs that are out there. You know, because they can be dangerous for people who just want to try mm. something new and just get it, you know, enjoyment out of it themselves. So I'm just trying to be real about the fact that, like doesn't matter if you're professional or not, like, you know, you're going to, you're going to make missteps and it's okay.
1: Yeah. Stuff happens.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: people were baking well before there was Instagram photos of their food. So
1: yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 As in regular life, people are typically sharing their highlight reel, but we're going to keep it real today. <laughs> so Corey, do you want to start yeah. off by kind of telling us what makes sourdough? Like sure. What, how sure. is it different than other types of bread?
2: Um so basically you know sourdoughs have been around for a very long time and I know we're going to get into the history so I'm not going to you know delve deep into that but you know millennia, really. Wow. Um, and it's because we haven't had commercial yeast available since like the late 1800s. And I love to talk about that too. Like it's, it's really kind of fascinating. Um, So before people could do something that had um, yeast or like the chemical leaveners, and then mm-hmm. by that, I mean like baking soda and baking powder, mm-hmm. um, you know, people needed to find a way to, um, or maybe accidentally even is more accurate, found a way to make um, their breads rise, and uh, that's through yeast and um, starter uh, is something that the French call levain. Uh, it's L-E-V-A-I-N. So panna levain le is a sourdough exp- uh, is the expression for sourdough in France. So you might hear that interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, but what makes that. a sourdough sourdough is basically its starter, which is naturally occurring yeast in flour and water in time. Yeah. Uh, and that is what's giving it all its leavening power.
1: And it's kind of like wow. powerful taste, right? Like, it's, yes. that's where you get the funk a little bit.
2: Right? Yes. Yes. And you can do different things to make that funk either more or less pronounced based on um, your preference. Yeah.
0: So wow. there's a, I mean, this, it sounds to me as someone who I know a lot about the world of beer. Nice. Uh, and wine. Yes. So this sounds a lot like the concept of wild fermentation. Is that how am I, am I understanding that, right?
2: and in fact I'm gonna like just throw back to your Burgundy episode just real briefly and just say that it is like having the terroir of your kitchen Mm. in a bread loaf Mm. because and I know I'm sure purists might disagree with me and be like well you know this is not exactly (laughs) correct but you know if we're gonna talk (laughs) on a broad level that's where we usually (laughs) that's that's our sweet spot yeah that's all right you know we live very close to each other you know like what 10 miles 15 miles mm. so you know ours might not differ as much but like if you're talking about someone who's making sourdough on the west coast versus a person who's making sourdough here versus the person who's you know making like a rye sourdough over in um sorry denmark finland mm. like it, it's gonna represent what they have what you have you know what exists gotcha. in your kitchen and uh, early sourdoughs were made by Beer Barm, which I had to look up what that was. And that's like the frothy stuff on the top of beer. So, oh, wow. cool. Yeah. Beer and bread have been tied together since the Egyptians, which yeah. is awesome.
1: Yeah. So it's that's so actually awesome. a perfect segue kind of in. So we we thought... Um, We didn't want to make Corey do all of the research work, so I'm going to basically do like a light um, history of sourdough, like kind of what I found, and then Corey's going to fill in sort of like the the details. This kind of ties back perfectly because, you know, the original leavened bread, like our our OG, Mm -hmm. um, dates back to ancient Egypt. So yet again, we're always talking about ancient Egypt. They... Were an amazing people. I mean, they're
0: the stem of so yeah, many th- things. So.
1: so many things. But I found that the first recorded civilization that used sourdough um, was the Egyptians around fifteen hundred BC, and the speculation is that it probably occurred by accident. So someone like left bread dough out. Um, yeah, it had some like naturally occurring yeast that you know was mixed in and somehow got in there, and then they found out that once they cooked that bread, it was lighter and fluffier and had a better taste. So they were like, oh cool. Let's do this.
0: They must have been blown away at the I mean, if the first leavened bread visually compared to what they'd been cooking.
1: Right. Yeah. Ah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a magician.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're in Rosh Hashanah right now, right? So aren't we? uh, Yeah. Happy healthy. Happy healthy. (laughs) Happy high holidays.
1: (laughs) Um yeah. And so I don't know, Corey, if you had any other like Comments on yeah,
2: I think accidental sounds absolutely right. Just because you know science hadn't really caught up to it at that mm-hmm. point. um So yeah, but the the dates uh, I I concur. Like it seems like yeah. in my research, like it's about the same time. Although they did find apparently this is kind of interesting. Like the oldest. Fa- found like loaf of sourdough bread was in switzerland which is kind of oh. interesting so i think that seems to suggest that you know the the technology and the um the techniques the artistry right. were kind of passed around which is really cool yeah you know yeah but uh, egypt for sure and i definitely i saw pictures of statues basically of people on their hands and knees you know like on their knees but then rolling out Dough Dough. with our hands. Yeah. And and that's fascinating. I guess that's early Instagram, though, right? Right. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. We're (laughs) going to carve this
1: into the stone so that all of our Uh, friends can like it.
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) the first photo of food. It's just carved (gasps) into the stone.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of like, I mean, a lot of our topics kind of go way back, obviously, to ancient Egypt. Um, And, you know, as cultures, as, as peoples migrated and cultures kind of, like, melded together, these critical pieces, like bread, you know, obviously you're always going to want to have something substantial to feed your family, kind of went along with it. And so that yeah. it kind of, like, pops up all over the world um, without really a clear written history of, like, how it ended up in all these different places. Yeah. Um the thing that I thought was kind of interesting about sourdough particularly, and I think we'll get into this when we talk about sourdough in the U.S., but it basically was, like, the gift that keeps on giving because you start yes. with the same starter each time, and you can share that with friends, you can share that with your family, um, but as long as you take care of it, you can, like, keep it alive.
2: Right. <laughs> yes. it, yeah, oh no, 100%, and it's, a uh, well, uh, I don't know if you want to do factoids now, but one factoid that I learned from um, a dear friend of mine who taught me a ton about sourdough, her name is uh, Daisy Chow, and she operates a bakery in Arlington called Breadboard Bakery, and uh, she burst the bubble for me that, um, obviously, there's a lot of literature out there that says, hey, like, our starter is 20, 40, 60, 100 years old, mm-hmm. like, that's awesome. But it actually is not necessarily uh, necessary to starters, so it's great that they were able to keep it alive right. that long. That's right. awesome. But you don't need to have have a starter that's that old in order for it to work properly, which uh, I thought was awesome. That is cool. That is cool.
0: When yeah. You hear about like yeah. people passing down a mother dough for years and years and years. Yes. But yeah, so and is I, it is it you could make essentially you can make a fresh starter for every sourdough or is there like a sweet spot there
2: that's a great question so starters actually take um a while to to mature so you probably wouldn't want to do it each time so like you know you were saying that the uh, laura that like the the seasons are changing and like this is a great time to turn on your oven again um your starter might not have survived you know like if you were using it back in the spring uh, i kill i've killed so many starters again like (laughs) if we're being honest i've killed them killed them dead (laughs) (laughs) um they can survive a lot um and there's ways to dry them out and and preserve them and we can talk about that too but um yeah just just know that it's totally okay to start with a new starter now rev it up judge it up it takes you know a week or two to get it at the point where it's actually going to be um great for leavening your bread which is part of the reason why the early sourdoughs were flatbread Right. Good point.
1: Interesting. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I kind of jumped to like the US um, yes. and maybe we can go back to the other countries in the world um, if you have research on that. But um, in the US, I, the the California gold rush really kept coming up yes. in my research. And so when the gold rush kind of was was getting going, mm-hmm. um, a lot of families were, were moving out to the San Francisco area, obviously to strike rich. And I found reference to the Bodin family.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I just know a, a brief bit about them, which is that they started their bakery in like 1849. Mm-hmm. So- supposedly with a sourdough that had been brought by a miner and it's the most uh, it's the longest continually operating business in san francisco now so they are still wow. there it looks like they're on fisherman's wharf
1: yeah um oh,
2: wow. yeah i have not been when i was in san francisco i kind of w- i went to tartine <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well i'm sure that it's like you know like maybe the touristy place yeah. um mm-hmm. But I did find a fun fact on on that bakery, um, yeah. in that the mother dough was actually heroically saved by. Um, the one of the owners, Louise Boudon, in the Great San Francisco oh. Earthquake of 1906. Wow! So I just like imagine her running into the burning building, or not burning, but crumbling building. Save the mother dough.
2: Yes. Oh <laughs> gosh, that's wonderful. I love that story. Yeah,
1: I ho- hope it's true. <laughs> <So> why? <laughs> no, I, I, I think it is. But you mentioned the miners, but um, yeah. apparently, you know, miners would would go to this bakery every morning for the special tasting bread, and then sourdough kind of like became ingrained in the culture. I, I also had some research on the Klondike gold rush.
0: Um it yes. uh, was like Klondike bar?
1: Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So I
0: <laughs> one track over here.
1: Sometimes we stumble across things where I'm like, I should really know what that is. <laughs> but I did have to Google the what the Klondike gold rush was. But that was when um in 1896 a few folks found gold in a tributary of the Klondike River, which is up in the in the Yukon Territory in Canada, um, and it brought uh, gold miners up there and into Alaska. Um, so 100,000 people actually went up to the Yukon Territory and they brought their sourdough starters wow. with them.
2: Gosh, I didn't realize it was that many people. That's yeah. a lot of people. So
1: only 30,000 supposedly made it there. Oh my gosh. Ooh.
2: Yeah. You mean because they turned around or because they died?
1: I think they...
2: Maybe a combo maybe a combo uh,
1: maybe a I'm combo. hoping some of them
0: turned but around. That, I mean back. that's like some yeah. rough
1: terrain and rough like climate to be hiking through um, yeah. but
0: and to keep a starter alive the whole way too
2: <laughs> My research said that they slept with it they slept with yes, starter to I keep them alive too. okay, yeah
0: <laughs> like body heat to keep them warm Wow
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Whole new meeting to three dog night. Seriously. <laughs> yes. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, I thought that was, that was kind of cool, but yeah, that's kind of like the general history that I, I kind of wanted to focus on. So I'll let Corey, our expert kind of like fill in. Sure. I mean, I,
2: I found that research in general is kind of Eurocentric. Yes. Um, big time. So uh, yeah, just to recognize that and put that out there because um you know, the next people talk, talked about, you know, after the Romans or the Greeks. So right. Obviously, two very influential cultures, but also very Eurocentric yeah. cultures. So, um, it looks like the Greeks learned from the Ro- or sorry, from the Egyptians. I skipped ahead. I spoke So, okay. Egyptians first, going to Greece, and then in Greece, um, women basically cultivating different breads within their own households. Um, you know, getting creative. And, and eventually, when it became commercial, of course, it kind of transferred over to the men, which you know, we've, we've heard in history a lot. Yeah.
1: We know <laughs> that story. Yes. No comment. <laughs> Come on <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> uh,
2: but the Greeks were, the Greeks were good. I mean, they had like 70 different kinds of breads and, um, and they cultivated different grains and were using them. So when the Romans kind of got in all of this and you know, those pesky Romans, yep. <laughs> they, um, they improved kneading, they improved uh, baking techniques. And, you know, there's that, chain of, I don't know if this was uh, national, but do you guys remember Bread and Circus when, yes. uh, when yes. that was yes. a chain year? Yeah. Yeah. Whole Foods bought a lot of them, but I realized I didn't know until this that um that's actually a quote from a satirical poet, a Roman satirical poem, poet that said that people just wanted bread and circuses, wow yes, food I, and I, entertainment. I
1: did know that, yeah.
2: Wow. Um, but yeah, just only a little bit more about Europe that I found that was interesting. That's just that you know sourdoughs are basically products of their region again. So mm-hmm. if you're living in Central, Northern, or Eastern Europe, you're probably eating a lot of rye sourdoughs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, France, Spain, and Italy, where, you know, a lot of people emigrated to the United States, you know, you're eating a lot of whole wheat and white sourdough. So okay. it's kind of
0: interesting. Sourdough tasting tour. <laughs> 2021. you <laughs> okay to
2: talk like briefly about yeast? Yes, yes, yes That's please. kind of an interesting thing too. <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, you're going to recognize this first person first person's name, I think, because um, I remember him from um, high school science class. And so in 1680, Antony von uh, Leeuwenhoek Yes. Um, became the first person to observe yeast through a microscope. So, again, beer tie. His mother came from a family of brewers. Ah, Did not know that. Yep. He was Dutch and he's considered the father of modern uh, microbiology. Right. So, really good at making lenses, made some incredible looking microscopes, which he wasn't always happy with sharing the secrets about.
1: Right. As <laughs> but, many scientists are. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but the first person to observe a cell. So, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, again, the yeast uh, brewer connection. Right. Um, I, can
1: you pause for a second and imagine like seeing that for the first time, like these little things moving around and be like, oh my gosh, this is making my bread or this is making my beer. <laughs> Why is yes. it moving? Yeah. <laughs> so
2: cool. It, then it took, gosh, I think that's almost another 200 years before Louis Pasteur came mm. around and he was the one. Who I mean, obviously, French scientists gave his name to pasteurization, but yeah. um, he proved that yeast was alive and um, and that it was a microorganism key to fermentation. So you know that's 1857, and then that knowledge plus the technology of the Industrial Revolution. You're going to recognize this next part, these next people. They <laughs> enabled Charles and Max Fleischman. Oh to my get gosh, the yeast. Oh to gosh. introduce their manufactured yeast. So they manufactured wow. yeast and they introduced it at something called the Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia wow. in 1876. And 10 million people visited that. Wow. So gosh. those things draw from all over. So 10 million people saw this and said, aha. Commercial yeast, like we can start using
1: this. Yeah, we can make a buck off this.
2: (laughs) We we can make a buck, yeah. So yeah, Fleischmann's, I use it all the time. I know. Well, I I think it's like
1: we have some in our cabinet right now. So how did the commercially available yeast that sort of negated the need for the sourdough starter, right? Mm -hmm. So did we see a shift in people moving away from sourdough because it was like a little bit more labor intensive to keep the starter alive?
2: I think that, yes. So, you know, for better, for worse, like the industrial revolution, you know, had, you know, had its effects um, on America and there's think about the processed foods. So, yeah, I, I'm sure it did have a, an effect on sourdough, and and but there are those artisan bakers that right. you know are still you know saying, hey, let's let's keep doing this because we can basically do our own thing, and we've got a mother that's working. You right, know, right. Why change?
1: Um, can we chat for a second about your decision to move from oh. technical writing into baking? Yeah, I, I meant sure. to touch on that earlier because um, I think that's really fascinating, and I'm sure it has helped you write recipes and (laughs) giving you like a, a different perspective (laughs) on the baking world.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, I, I think that probably the greatest gift of my engineering education was just um, problem solving, Mm -hmm. you know, like just, and and a work ethic, you know, I had to do a lot of homework. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot. Um, So you know that problem solving and, and and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, software was huge. Like this was back in uh 2001, So you know, um, let's see. That was the post the tech boom, the post the first tech boom, but there was a lot of software around. So um yeah, I got into software and I really loved to write. So it was my technical skills plus writing. And I thought, Oh, Hey, this will be great. But I just never really clicked with the industry. I mean, you mm. know, I'm probably one of those victims of, um, you know, women who went through STEM who didn't stay Yeah. In STEM. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in looking, I, I hit a low point, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I hit a low point point. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and I literally made a list of things that made me happy oh. um, and desserts and and baking and stuff were on that list. So that's why I started the, the dessert sauce company. So really, awesome. I guess my answer was to just go out on my own, you know, right, much as we all do. I mean, obviously, tons of people helped me, I like did lots right. of research, I basically, you know, took a degree in food science, you know, right was trying to make this, uh, dessert sauce that was shelf stable. So you can't just put anything in a jar. You have to get right. it tested. You have to be in an approved facility. It was me making it. So like, yeah. So you were doing like else. everything pretty yeah. much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, we, you know, as a, obviously through the good graces of friends who helped me, you know, Josh, my husband helped me, um, I lasted a while, but eventually, like, with a downturn again in 2008, it it got tougher and tougher, and I was like, okay. Um, And every year, I kind of made myself do an evaluation in January. I was like, hey, am I still having fun? Right. And 2008 was – at the end of 2008 was the first year, like January 2009, where I was like, I'm not really having so much fun anymore. Yeah. So – I Started thinking, all right, what could I do? And I really wanted to work with people again because you know, being a, a sole business owner, like you get a little lonely. Yes. Like, you know, we all I are honestly in our can't imagine
1: now. you not having people around you. Oh, well, like one, because you're such a positive force of energy, like Thank you. that should be spread with the world for sure. Um, but also, like, I don't know, I feel like you're the type of person that thrives when you're in an environment with others. So, oh, yeah, I can
2: imagine that. So then uh, obviously, uh, well, maybe not obviously, but um, my mom taught me how to bake growing up. Mm. And uh, it was another thing that I really enjoyed doing. And I just happened to find a cafe down in Union Square, Sherman Cafe. Uh, Karen Coughlin took a, a chance on me and said, That's you know, awesome. hey, why don't you come work here? So I made the transition and then just it was really grassroots there. So I had a chance to influence recipes and, you know, so uh, cool. change processes, it was very helpful. And then a friend recruited me for Tate. So I got a chance to work there and learn laminated doughs, which, wow, they're a step Complicated. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're really a step up. Um, and then uh, left there to work at Union Square Donuts. And that I was there during the explosion between like right, having one that shop was and then huge. having multiples. And then, uh, you know, eventually just, you know, five years at a place, I just was looking for a different challenge. Yeah, so totally. uh, I found out about vinyl from one of my, uh, old, actually bosses at Union Square Donuts and started there. And Sarah's been lovely. It's just, it's a great positive environment. She's super interested in like cultivating community and she has a ton of experience working at both flower and bagel source. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, yeah Yum, it's really both delicious. Yeah. Synergy in the best sense of the yeah, word. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been lucky, and I, I've also followed my nose, and yeah, you just kind of right. see what see what you like. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's really powerful to to step back when you're feeling unhappy or unsatisfied with your work, and yeah. say, well, what what do I like to do, and like, what am I good at that I like to do? Because you can be good at something and not really enjoy it um you know because that it,
2: is something that I was not educated at thank you preach I just want to highlight <laughs> what you just said because yes I was very good at science and math did I enjoy it not really not yeah. ultimately you know right. so yeah yeah
1: and it, it takes a certain level mm-hmm. of bravery to admit that and then make yeah. a change based on the results of that reflection
0: yeah no it's true and I think if if the time we're in right now, which not to date the episode for anyone who might be catching up on this, years down the line, right. <laughs> I'm assuming a lot, but the times we're in now, they, they do offer a lot of time for self-reflection and thinking those things through and being so, able to kind of identify it, step back and kind of make that change is, right. it's, a, it's a big thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. definitely. So yeah. Because I definitely, uh, I heard something recently, I think I was watching the uh, Michelle Obama becoming thing mm, on Netflix yeah. and I was definitely a box checker, just like her, right. you know, it was just yeah. like, Hey, I'm getting out of, out of high school. What do I do next? I go to college. Okay. What do I do to college? Okay. I got to do something that gets me in a good job. Okay, good. All right. So I'm out of college now. What am I doing? All right. What job? You know, and right. I just kind of check, proceed. check, 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 check.
1: Yeah.
2: And yeah, i recently, I heard Mike Berbiglia say, you know, just like, <laughs> how can I be of service? Right. You know, and and that's kind of a nice and alternative way of looking at it. Although right. I will say it did not come without major anxiety. I quote I credit my therapist huge yeah. for helping me yeah. make the change um, let's normalize that yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely I yeah. had a huge amount of personal backlash about like stepping away from like an uh, uh, engineering education and, right. a, and a good job in a software company like right. what the heck are you doing
1: right you want to go make you know? stuff it does yeah, yeah, I mean no. it, it takes a um, a certain you know it, t- it takes bravery. Um, I think oh. to kind of like jump off.
2: Yeah. Thank you both. This is why we're friends. You're Yay. such a good support <laughs>
1: network. <laughs> I
2: wish I could bottle this conversation, just put it in my brain whenever wow. I need it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we are recording this. I don't know if you know.
1: Yes. <laughs> you can listen anytime. You got to get me, me the
2: unedited one. one. You got to give me the
0: unedited one. I won't be a give problem. You the this is actually I the only it. part that's going to make the episode. Is...
2: Right. Yeah. The whole thing we know, this is like the hilarious world of depression. Let's go farther. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's pull at that and thread. And that's a when bit Where concrete. Did This
0: Come From Took a Very Strong Shift in a Different Direction. <laughs> right.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because we've been listening to a lot of podcasts um, during quarantine and, you know, a lot of times we'll put one on while we're cooking or, you know, just need to, I don't know, sometimes we get tired of just talking to each other. So we're like, okay, let's listen to someone else talk. (laughs) Um, And... I think when it, we found out that we, the podcasts that we enjoy the most are kind of the organic conversation podcasts where, you know, yeah, there's a purpose to it, but it might veer off in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, and as long as people are being real and authentic, it's yeah. nice to listen to. But so, okay, I have, maybe we should, we should get back so back topic to So back to
0: sourdough. Um,
1: <laughs> so I guess I, I found a couple of recipes that use sourdough starter So it sounds like you can basically make sourdough anything, like sourdough pancakes, brownies, chocolate cake, biscuits. Um, Is there anything that you've made in the past that you really enjoy?
2: I really enjoyed sourdough pancakes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just this really nice crispiness that happens, and you get that tang, and there's just something really great about it. And it doesn't take much. Like you – you're um it's like a two-day process so i think you have to mix something in the night before and then just add some more like flour or whatever the day of and yeah dude mm. it is good so good, well, awesome. good. Just some syrup and blueberries
1: mm.
0: yeah. yeah so that would be a good balance for the sweetness of the syrup and, fruit right. you're adding yeah. and pancakes have
1: too little, that
2: tang that
1: tang Ooh. yeah um so that's a good thing to make with your extra your excess starter because it sounds like yeah. you would have excess starter
2: Oh, you know, um so you we should probably just say that like when you do this whole sourdough thing like you get a lot of starter, you know. Oh, you yeah. are constantly looking. It's actually well, just another COVID divergence. It's it's made the uh, the sourdough craze in the middle of COVID has made it a little bit difficult even more because you know we were lacking flour. Do you remember when right. we couldn't find right. yes. flour? On yes. It? Oh my gosh, I do and
1: remember. And when people that. couldn't make
0: sourdough starter, they were buying up all the Fleischmann's yeast in the world, so you couldn't oh, yeah. get yeast anywhere.
1: So mm-hmm. I I've never actually made a starter, obviously. But oh, yeah, sure. so you kind of like you you make your mixture and yep. you cover it and then every day you feed it basically, right?
2: Yes. Yes. And then you just you're looking for certain characteristics. So um there's a I'm gonna plug a really good website. It's called The Perfect Loaf. He he has a great description of how to how to start a starter and what it should smell like and look like. Oh, cool. Um but it, this is the tricky part is that you can't just do it one day and then use it. Like really what you're developing is a colony of yeast. Looking online at recipes, I generally find that I think they underestimate how long it takes to develop. Right. I don't think that two weeks is weird. Um, really? So you're, you're, and, and really, this is like the gas in your engine, right? Right. Like this yeah. Is, yeah this if you don't have
1: a good starter, like you're not really, your loaf yes. is not going to be that beautiful
2: bull, right? 100%. I mean, you know, when I trace it all back, you know, and helping friends and helping some of my husband's co-workers with this, like I trace most of the mistakes back to the starter. So it seems like, you know, you're going to be one of those crazy contestants on the Great British Bake Off that's staring at your oven, <laughs> Just like looking at your starter, you're smelling it, you're seeing how it goes. And, and unfortunately, you know, the reason I say this is not an easy bread to start with is that you're you're looking at all of this and then you have to move when the starter's ready, not right. when you're ready. Right. So, you're like, oh, so I this- blocked
1: off Saturday to bake. And your starter's like, no, no.
2: Yeah. I wow. mean, it's a reason why professional baking is tough. Right.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so That's you know, you're not going to the bathroom, whatever you want. You're right. You know, yeah. You're the- you responding to this dough. Yeah. Um, yeah. it is
0: your dough baby at that point. It's like literally <laughs> <Yes>. midnight feedings <laughs> the whole nine. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. so much science that goes into baking, which is like the really interesting part for me. Is that it's such a precise science, and you don't think of that necessarily when you're cutting into a fresh loaf of bread.
2: No, right. but it is. It's it's the merger, right? Because as you were saying with the brewers, I, I'm sure that science has found reasons for all these things to have happened within a within a dough but then bread bakers are like well I knew that you know right. <laughs> like yes but then science confirmed
1: <laughs> right yeah well it's like a mix of art and science actually yes yeah, absolutely. you have to have a little bit to like of I don't know Cazas, also yeah, to have that baker's yeah. touch.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. In fact, oh, this is a great little factoid. Is that you know when we go if we go back to uh, the you know how people say that a San Francisco sourdough is unique? Mm-hmm. Well, it actually is. Like it took the nineteen it took until the nineteen seventies, but they specifically identified like the um, let's see if I can find it for you because I thought it was fun. Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's a combination of a yeast called Candida malaria and a unique bacteria which they ended up calling Lactobacillus San Franciscensis or something like that (laughs) that exists there in in San Francisco sourdough. And it's like, hey,
1: this is that's this is why it's unique. So do you have any other tips for any listeners that might want to be venturing into sourdough? So obviously make sure your starter is good.
2: Um, I would say a really, really hot oven. Mm-hmm. um, is definitely key. Uh, if you're working with a Dutch oven, I found that actually harder because you have to lower your cooler dough into a Dutch oven. I was using, I'm, I'm making this motion because of <laughs> <Yes. right. laughs> uh, a parchment paper. I was oh, using wow. parchment paper to lower it. Cause I was like, how am I going to touch this right. and get it inside without burning myself? Yeah. You know? So, whoa. so what um, do you use yeah. instead
1: of a Dutch oven?
2: Uh, I just use, you know, like a pizza stone.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: But then you might need a pizza peel, although you can use the back of a, a sheet pan, you know, just make sure that, like the, it right. doesn't have to go over a lip. Right. Um. Oh, like a that's easy.
1: a good idea. Yeah. You know,
2: cause like that's if smart. you have to floor it over a lip, you're going to deflate. So Oof. like right. touching it, uh, you know, as, as little as possible after you've built up all these gases, you know, I mean, right. this is a process that's like one, two, three days, like, you work so yeah, hard you don't want to mess
1: yet... it up
2: at the end <laughs> <laughs> use a lot of cornmeal and jiggle it to make sure that it's loose um sounds like us see. making pizza actually. it does
1: sound like us making pizza
2: actually I've got one more thing that yeah, might be interesting because you had asked you know just like how has sourdough changed mm-hmm. and evolved so um this kind of goes off the, the discussion we were having about like the industrial revolution but just I would say that, you know, it's changed a lot the way wine has like those monks just cultivating those vines and just saying, hey, like stuff grows better on this soil or, or on this, like um this hillside and moving things around and, and trying new things so that bakers are just kind of over time getting better results. Um, and now... Like we said before, you know, it was trial and error, but now science is kind of guiding the process mm-hmm. and they're able to say, oh, like, this is why this is successful. And this is why this is not successful. And of course, social media now is even more right. uh, influential because people are like, oh, I've never seen that kind of bread before. I want to try that. Right. And, um, you know, also just there's a huge new um, interest in cultivating local grains and using local millers now. It, it's so awesome. It's yeah. really a, a kind of a new, yeah, a new wave. And I'm, I'm excited to see what people do with it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure there will be no shortage of Instagram um, yes. and social media sourdough <laughs> experiments happening as we go into the cooler winter months.
0: Yes. And share your failures. I mean, it's going to help other people realize that this is something that we can all get into and try and not to be afraid to do it.
2: And if you're successful, you've failed way more often than you, than you've, been succeeding so So yeah
0: so true so true Corey, is there anything you want to you want to plug while you have the microphone still
2: oh my god plug wow just kindness you know i love it just just be kind and and yeah like have some empathy and and um stop and and listen rather than you know just talking i think that helps
1: very well said beautiful a beautiful. beautiful way to end our episode.
0: It is. It is. Um, Laura, did you want to run through some uh, resources real quick?
1: Yes. Yay. Yeah. So, um, I my resources for today were npr.org um, from the kitchen window, a, a um, article by Sharon Vale, um, thekitchenproject.com history of sourdough um, history.com. And sourdough.co.uk.
0: Lovely, lovely, Corey. What about your resources? What do you have over there?
2: So I've mentioned the perfect loaf before. I found some cool stuff on bakerybits.co.uk, also sourdough.co.uk, um, King Arthur website. Um, oh, bread by Jeffrey Hamelman. Mm. That's kind of a, a bakery tome that yeah. is uh, very well respected. Of course, Daisy Chow at Breadboard Bakery. She also, she doesn't sell, but she gives away sourdough wow. starter.
1: Wow. All yes, right. Yes, yes, yes.
2: And a fascinating article from Smithsonian Magazine where a guy literally extracted yeast from an Egyptian dough and is making dough again from it. It what? blew my mind.
1: Has he already um, done this? Was it successful? Yes.
2: Yes. He's happy with the results, which is crazy. So yeah, like think about a fossilized dough that you can still coax yeast out of. That's
0: literally bred Jurassic Park.
1: It is. Life found a way. Life (laughs) found a way.
0: Somewhere Jeff Goldblum is just winning.
2: Jeff Goldblum, national treasure. Oh my Oh my gosh. I can't believe that.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna to have to look that one up. I wanna see Dude, It's to
2: on the that. web. it, it wow. is and it is. It's in Smithsonian. It's one of the things that'll come up if you look for sourdough in Smithsonian magazine. And that's it's so just cool. like,
1: what? Uh, that's amazing. That I mean, that is possible through science. That's, yes. that's really cool.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, that's another plug. Science.
1: Yes. <laughs> Follow the scientists. Listen to your local scientists. Yes. Um, yeah. because science
0: yeah. is uh it's real let yeah. so uh, not everything. ignore it.
2: Yeah. You no. Know, at your um, own peril.
1: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on that. <You> know? <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you again, Corey. We really, really appreciate you being our first guest. You did a fantastic job. We're very excited for yes. this well, episode to come out.
0: Yes. For and for future episodes with Corey because we're no doubt going to be revisiting baked yeah. goods that we we'll, need. Definitely we'll need your do expertise the, on.
1: The laminated pastries, oh, yeah. donuts. So. Yeah, Stand I got the time to
2: more. research some stuff, guys. Just just call me. <laughs> awesome,
0: too. Yeah, As we always tell everyone, we'll just be here.
1: We'll just
2: be here. We're being here, yes. Oh, so lovely to reconnect with you guys. You both are lovely humans, and thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh, you're wonderful.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, everyone out there, thanks again for listening to another episode of Where Did This Come From? Until we meet again, be healthy, stay
1: well, and good luck with your sourdough starter.